Welcome to another Monday edition of Second City Sports. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports Old Chicago. Along with Miss Lakina McGee, which is she. I am Sydney Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, that's CK80. That's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. You can follow me at Kina McGee on the Twitter and at Kina's Green on the IG. Make sure you download that Sports on Chicago app today, wherever you get your apps. You want to know why? Because we said so, that's why. And also, you can catch up on other live shows that we air throughout the week. So you have it to miss them. You can go back and listen to them and watch them at your own leisure. Make sure you download that Sports on Chicago app today. Speaking of Sports on Chicago, you can follow us on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Please follow Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms. If you're a big fan of our work, which I know most of you are, you can subscribe to our podcast at War on Anchor. We are available on all podcast platforms, including that iHeartRadio app. Make sure you type this in your search engine boxes. W-A-R-R on Anchor. Once again, that War on Anchor on all podcast platforms. And <clears throat> make sure you follow War Media on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at W-A-R-R Media. Once again, that's at W-A-R-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are unapologetically fun, and we have very definite opinions. If you have any definite opinions during our two-hour restart against, we call it the Sports Talk Radio Show. You can always hit us up in the comments section or on Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions and comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. But we decide to troll and don't do something silly or stupid. I'm giving Lakina full power to give you fools to beer land beer boot. Bye-bye. I don't know what she says that. <laughs> but before we begin, we must remind you that you can now catch Sports on Chicago available on Roku TV. That's right. So celebrate the squad, get with the program. Sports on Chicago is now available on Roku TV. If you already have a Roku television, just tap on the sports folder and access Sports on Chicago through that avenue. If you don't have a Roku TV, but you have some handheld devices laying around iPad, iPhone, I, uh, iPad, iTouch, iPhone your Chromebook like I'm using right now, personal PC, computer, just download the Roku TV app and access Sports Zone Chicago through the avenue. So celebrate with the squad and give the program. Sports Zone Chicago is now available on Roku TV 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, live and on demand. Anywhere, wherever you want, you know, it's all right there for you. You know we can't provide. Sorry. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, okay, we're gonna get right. To it. <laughs> gonna get right to it here on Second City Sports. We got a lot to talk about today. In this less than two hours left on the uh, in the program, we're gonna talk some divisional round to uh, some games were you know kind of went down to the wire. Others were not so. Well, actually, if you think about it, most of the games were you know kind of one sided. We'll start with yesterday. We want to do Saturday. or We want to do yesterday's games first. We'll do Saturday's games first. All yeah. right. Yeah, we'll start with the Chiefs. They defeated the Jacksonville Jaguars in the first of the AFC Divisional Round playoff matchup, 27-20. to Trevor Lawrence for the Jaguars, his second-year quarterback out of Clemson. He was 24-39, 217 yards and a touchdown. Isaiah Pacquiao, the star running back for the Kansas City Chiefs, he had 12 carries for 95 yards. Travis Kelsey set a record for tight ends for most receptions by a tight end in the playoff game. He had 14 catches for 98 yards. And two touchdowns. Lakina, the Ch- Kansas City Chiefs led the um, they they led the Jacksonville Jaguars 17-10 uh, at halftime. But 
The big story here was Patrick Mahomes' high ankle sprain. He injured that midway through the second quarter. He did return to the game, but the Chiefs held on to win. Lakina, before we get to the AFC Championship game, I, I just want to say this about the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, their running game saved them, and they were, they were exposed, especially after the Mahomes injury. I know Chad Henning, who came in to start the second half, he let them down the field for a score. But as we said all year, Lakina, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs defense is still good, but it's not as great as it was a year ago. And at some point this season, uh, the absence of Tyree Hill is going to come back to haunt them. It may come back next week. We'll get into that more later. But as far as this game is concerned, Jacksonville, it was a, a game of them um, not capitalizing on their mistakes. They failed to get pressure on Mahomes, especially after his high ankle sprain injury. And number two, for, for the Jacksonville Jaguars, in my opinion, they didn't commit to running the football enough. And it's just, it's just a young team that's going through some growing pains right now. They had the highest of highs last week against, against the Chargers. They suffered the lows of lows uh, last this past Saturday against the Chiefs. So this is a young team. I think it's on the rise. They just got to uh, go through some growing pains and learn from Kansas City, in my opinion, um, barely survived this game. And they were lucky to win it. Yeah, also, too, you got to think that I probably would say that also drops, too. I mean, you know, Trevor Lawrence. You know, threw some really solid balls, but the, his guys dropped him. I mean, I know that mm-hmm. uh, there were a couple. Uh, I think Zay Jones had a couple of drops. You know, Christian Jones. You know, even though he did have a touchdown catch, he did have a, a couple of drops as well. I think they were like what third in the league in drops this year. I'm talking about the Jaguars, so that yes. kind of came up back to back in the butt. Now, to, you know, to their credit though, the Chiefs' credit. I mean, Chad Haley did lead after coming in. He did lead the Chiefs to a ninety a ninety eight yard drive. You know, to the you know to Kelsey. So that. But definitely kind of help with the confidence as well. We'll we'll take a look. We'll keep an eye out for a Mahomes uh, ankle injury, especially with the high ankle sprain that can linger. So we got to think that mm-hmm. he didn't, even though when he got back in the game, we're talking about Mahomes, he didn't look 100%. So that's going to be the big you know, key here for the Chiefs. You know, something to look out for as we go into Championship Sunday on Sunday. But you know, look, the defense you know, did just enough. I mean, you know, they did force you know, a lot of three outs with the Jaguars. They they only, they only sacked uh, Lawrence twice, but they were able to kind of, mm-hmm. you know, make it, you know, keep it going and such. You know, they to keep, you know, the Jags off the, the offense, I should say, off the uh, the field. So they did what they had to do. And, and look, I think you got to give, you know, the Chiefs credit. You know, they were able to, you know, bounce bounce back and, you know, all that. So, you know, I think it was a combination of the Jags had their chance to win this game, but they just couldn't capitalize mm-hmm. on the mistakes. And also, too, that big fumble by Jamal Agnew early in that fourth mm-hmm. quarter. Yep. I think that's what did them in as well. And Travis Etienne, as I mentioned, he did get a touchdown early in that game, but he only had 10 carries for 62 yards overall. His longest run was for 19 yards. You mentioned, say, Jones, five catches, 83 yards. And Christian Kerr did get a touchdown late. He only had seven catches for uh, 52 yards. He was targeted 14 times. Evan Ingram, their tight end, the former New York Giant, Five catches, 31 yards. Marvin Jones, uh, one catch for 21 yards. So uh, Trevor Lawrence uh, had a difficult time uh, finding his guys down the field. I know the numbers look respectable, but uh, he faced a better defense than uh, than the Chargers uh, last week, especially in that second half. On the flip side for Kansas City, outside of Travis Kelsey, Kadarius Toney was your second leader in catches, five catches for 36 yards. And I know Marquez Valdez-Scanley scored uh, the touchdown in the fourth quarter to basically put the game away. But Lakina, uh, Kansas City, even though it was Jacksonville, they'll have to play a much better game next week uh, 
next week in the AFC Championship game. We'll get to their opponent in just a moment, but that was a couple of the observations that I took from this game on Saturday. Now going into the uh, the Saturday night, the night game from that Saturday game. Uh, I know you picked the Giants, Sid. I don't, you know, Chris, our girl, Christine Madica from KXRP. We picked uh, the Eagles. Didn't expect this score, however, thirty-eight to seven. Uh, the Eagles, you know, easily beat the you know beat the Giants. Uh, Jalen Hurts mm-hmm. had two touchdown passes. It, it's sort of one of those things where you know they had running backs combined. Hurts also had a rushing touchdown. Uh, a couple of the running backs had an uh, each had a, a rushing touchdown too. It's sort of one of those things where you know the Eagles kind of just dominated from start to finish. Just when you thought that maybe the Giants were going to get something going, they couldn't do it. Daniel Jones looked like Daniel Jones, only 135 uh, passing yards and an interception. Mm-hmm. They just couldn't get it going on offense. I'm talking about the Giants, and I think the lack of experience. I know people were already making fun of Minnesota. Was everyone was like, "Wait, y'all, y'all couldn't beat this guy. Y'all couldn't beat this Giants team." But, <laughs> You know, it is what it is with that one. But, yeah, but the, the, like, as number one seed, the Eagles did what you're supposed to, to as number one seed coming off a bye. You know, you, you, you beat the team, you know, and especially in this case, your divisional uh, rival. And I think, you know, Hurts, the weird thing is that he's not 100%. We talked about it on Friday. Mm-hmm. I had to see how he looks, you know, at 100% because he, look he looked pretty good on Saturday. Yeah, as you mentioned, the Philadelphia Eagles outclassed the Giants. They, as we said before, it's hard to beat a divisional opponent three times in a year. We've seen it a couple of times already, and Philadelphia is now one of those teams that have done that so far this year. You mentioned Jalen Hurts. Uh, he didn't have to be uh, great. He didn't have to be as great as he, as he has been before his uh, injury this season, but he had two touchdown passes and had one rushing. He had nine carries for 34 yards. As we talked about on Friday, Lakina. What did I say that the Giants defense had to do? Limit the running lanes of Jalen Hurts. He really didn't have to do that much because Kenneth uh, Gainwell, their third string running back for the Eagles, had 12 carries, 112 yards, and a touchdown. Miles Sanders followed it up, uh, 17 carries for 90 yards. So Philadelphia's running game was basically the story. Jalen Hurts didn't have to carry the team like he's been doing all season long. And so that, that was the main takeaway from one of the main takeaways from the Eagles that I, that I observed on last Saturday. Devine Tate Smith. He had a touchdown early. He has only six catches with 61 yards. I know A.J. Brown didn't do as well, only three catches with 22 yards, but it was a running game that did it for the Eagles. Now, on the flip side for the Giants, uh, Daniel Jones didn't look that hot, as you mentioned, Lakina. He was sacked five times, and he turned the ball over once early. But I said on Friday the Giants will have to run the ball. Their offensive line played like crap. Saquon Barkley only had nine carries for 61 yards. Granted, the game got out of hand early, but – the, the the Giants, as you mentioned, they got outclassed by a better team. And Philadelphia didn't have to do too much, but they put the pedal to the metal early and sent a message, and that's what you're supposed to do against an inferior ball club. Yeah, it's one of those things where you do what you're supposed to do uh, when you're a number one seed, and a team that you're clearly better than. And look, to their credit, though, they play with house money. I'm talking about the Giants. I mean, mm-hmm. no one expected them to even get to the playoffs. So the fact that they were able to, you know, they beat Minnesota, you know, got to the divisional round, that, mm-hmm. that's, you know, you got to, you got to, yeah, give them credit for that. You got to give uh, you know, credit to Brian Dable. He got to think it's probably going to be one of the front runners for coach of the year. But like you said, Sid, I mean, they got out, man, out class. You know, the defense, you know, stepped up. Like you said, you know, they sacked Jones five times. They made it look ordinary. <laughs> so, you know, it's yeah. sort of one of those things where you're, you're kind of like, you know, and the, and the Eagles really have to do too much. I mean, I know that they scored 38 points, but – you know, Hurts only only threw for 154 yards. It was really their running, their running, uh, you know, attack. You know, 268 uh, total rushing yards. 
and such. So, you know, look, they were just opposed to against a team that you're clearly, clearly better than. So give you know, the Eagles credit. You know, they kind of, you know, put the pedal to the metal and didn't look back. Yeah, and, and that's what you're supposed to do. If you're a number one seed, you have the home field advantage. You're facing an uh, inferior opponent that you, you you know that you're better than. Uh, you, you put the foot on that next, and that's what the Eagles did. Now, on the flip side for the Giants, if you're a Giants fan, remember around this time last year, they did hire Brian Dable as their uh, new head coach, and they had some salary cap issues. They're still going to have some salary cap issues going forward mm-hmm. this offseason, Lakina. I've got Leonard Williams, their defensive tackle. He's going to have to take a massive pay cut if he wants to return. Of course, Saquon Barkley, their star running back, is free agent. And so is Daniel Jones. Now, if you're thinking logically about this, Daniel Jones could be a franchise tag and he'll be brought back if they can't work out a long-term deal. The question is, Saquon Barkley, what are going to do with him? You still cannot pay everybody. And if you're the Giants right now, uh, how do you look? It was a good year. You won a playoff game. You got back to the playoffs for the first time in six to seven years. But are you better than Dallas right now? No, we'll get to them on the flip side of this break. Are you better than Philadelphia? I'm absolutely not. You are one and five and one against your division uh, mm-hmm. uh, this year. That's not going to cut it. So uh, their front office has a lot of work to do this offseason. You cannot pay everybody. It looks like a couple of those guys I just mentioned probably will have to go. Yeah, you know, yeah, because they're up against the cap, so they're you know, mm-hmm. they may have to say bye bye to Saquon Barkley and you know guys like that. Here's the thing with uh, with the with the Eagles. I mean, they tied the largest margin of victory in the playoff game in franchise mm-hmm. history. They also rushed for 268 yards. That's their second most in a playoff game in franchise history. Five sacks. We mentioned their most in a playoff game in the Super Bowl era. So mm-hmm. yeah, so they, they definitely uh, broke a lot of records Friday, and they actually. Uh, they actually uh, beat the Giants the same score as they did in the 2017 season when they beat when they won the Super Bowl, 38 to seven. You know they beat the Vikings then. Mm-hmm. You know same date, January 21st. So take that as you will. I know Eagles fans are probably thinking, like, could this be deja vu all over again? They got a pretty <laughs> tough tough opponent coming up, so uh, we'll have to wait on that. But we'll 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 talk about that on the flip side of the break. But uh, yeah, I mean, like, I think the Eagles look really impressive, and the weird thing is they didn't have to show a lot. So you know the fact that. They kind of, like you said, they, they were able to jump on the, the Giants pretty quick and didn't look back. I mean, I think this just shows that I'm sure they had, I'm sure they had to double a lot of questions saying, like, you know, are, are the Eagles really worth of a one seed? You know, is it because they had easy, easy schedule, blah, blah, blah. I think so far mm-hmm. there, there, there was no letdown. So that, that, yeah, I give them credit for that. We'll have more of our NFL division playoff round review following this timeout. We'll give our studs and duds from the weekend, and we'll get into some mock draft. Yes, I know it's never too early for that, and we'll get into what the Bears should do uh, this coming offseason and uh, all the fun stuff from the world of pigs, of the pigskin. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You're listening to the Monday edition of Second City Sports. We're live in Living Color right here on SportsZone Chicago. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks? They can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. 
Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only ten, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. <laughs> Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Welcome back to the Monday edition of Second City Sports. We're live in the living color right here on Sports Old Chicago. I'm Sid Thessalakina. You can follow your truly on the Twitter in the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan's going to be on the IG. We have less than 90 minutes left of this extravagance we call a sports talk radio show. If you want to hit us up in the comments section, you can do so by going to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Continue our the NFL Division Playoff Round Review. Let's go to yesterday's contest, Lakina. We'll start in the other AFC Division of Playoff Bracket, where the Cincinnati Bengals dominated the Buffalo Bills in Orchard Park, New York, 27-10. Josh Allen for Buffalo, 25-42, 265 yards in the interception. Joe Mixon ran the ball hard for the Bengals, 20 carries for 105 yards and a touchdown. And Dawson Knox, the tight end from Buffalo, five catches for 65 yards. Lakina, I was wrecking my brain between last night and this morning. And I, I hate repeating myself, but how many times have I have said this for over the last few weeks? We I said it on Friday. I'm still say it today. The top three reasons why the Buffalo Bills lost yesterday. One, because of dumb penalties. Number two, because their run defense has been terrible ever since of Von Miller's season-ending uh, mm -hmm. injury where he tore his ACL. Mm -hmm. And number three, 
their lack of commitment to running the football. It wasn't like uh, they were out of this game. They had many chances to get mm -hmm. back into the yes, game, but the, the dumb penalties and the lack of commitment to running the football, uh, it was just atrocious. Josh Allen, once again, led the team in Russia, even though it was only by two yards over Devin Singletary, 26 to 24. That's just not go going to get it done. And we talked about this too on Friday, Lakina. The Cincinnati Bengals were missing three of the top guys on the offensive line. Uh, they did a great job by, by protecting Joe Burrow, only giving up one sack. It's one of those things where this is just this is baffling. Of course, you saw Demar Hamlin. He was there at the game. He was at the press box. Mm -hmm. He talked with the team before the game. There was just no energy, especially with that 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 rush that rush defense. The Bengals had three uh, substarters in their O line. Where was the pass rush? Where mm -hmm. was it? Burrow should have been sacked more than once. The fact that you couldn't take advantage of that. Where was the pass rush? Also, too, I mean, I know Stefan Dezio had a lot of frustration. He went to the locker room. He didn't even say it, talked to the media. He was only targeted four times. Four times he was only targeted. Dawson Knox led the, uh, led the reception there with uh, five. Watch yeah, it was him Stephon Diggs was actually targeted 10 times, but only he had four receptions. He only had four receptions, and he was, like, overthrown and such. But still, that's still not mm -hmm. a lot. Even 10, even though, yeah, it's been 10 times, but, yeah, that's still not a lot. So he's one of your top mm -hmm. uh, receivers, but, yet you only, you only target him 10 times. I mean, and then, you know, there were some overthrows and such, and, you know, like you said, there were some stupid penalties. You know, of course, you, you give the Bengals credit, but let's remember, too, the Bengals, if, if Baltimore had not forgotten that Tyler Huntley is not – uh, Lamar Jackson. The Bengals should have easily <laughs> lost that game. Let's let's be let's be real here. And, yeah, yeah. And let's be, people say, "Well, this was a statement went by the Bengals." No, this Bengals team could have lost to their uh, divisional uh, to to their uh, divisional rival uh, just a, a couple weeks ago. So let miss me with that. Those comments. And also, too, you got to think that with you know, that that place was rocking as such. Once, and they actually the Buffalo actually won the toss and decided you know to. To let uh, the Bengals get get the, get the ball. Now I don't know if they thought that maybe the defense was going to stop them. Well, they ended up going for a touchdown. So to say mm -hmm. that, yeah, I don't understand why. I was talking to a friend and she said the same thing. She said, "Well, why would you uh, do that, especially in the playoffs? I mean, you have a solid offense, set the tone right away." And I think you know they weren't able to do that. So look, I think there's a lot of reflection reflection in Buffalo. I mean, it's definitely going to be one of those things. They're, I don't know how far, I guess, the cap they are, but I've seen, you know, some some of our friends say, well, maybe the Bears try to get Tremont Edmonds. I mean, you don't know how much money he's going to want. And, and like, you got to think that they're not going to spend all that 197 million that they have in the cap. So mm -hmm. I think people need to kind of, you know, slow down on that. Now, look, you get, of course, you get the Bengals credit, you know, Burrow. I know he said some comments after the game that had Buffalo had, had won, it would have been them against Kansas City and uh, Atlanta. And to their credit, I mean, the Bengals did beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead last year to go to the Super Bowl, but yet the Chiefs are going to be waiting for them. I, I mean, I don't really know. I mean, this game kind of baffled me from the start. And there was no urgency with the Bills. It just felt like, I don't know if they're, I don't know because they were emotionally and maybe physically exhausted from all the stuff with, with Hamlin, but there could have been a better effort from them uh, yesterday. I just think, mm -hmm. where was the effort? Yeah, and I think it's a, a fair question to ask, and that's going to fall on head coach um, Sean McDermott again, of course. He called that timeout at the end of regulation last year in that shootout classic against Kansas City on the road when you had that game won. And, of course, now this year uh, mm -hmm. taking the DeMar Hamlin situation out. Uh, like you said, that team had no energy yesterday. Was it because of the stuff we've been dealing with, with Hamlin or 
Did they take Cincinnati for granted? I hope they didn't because if they did, there really uh, is something uh, wrong mm. uh, in that in locker room. I think I heard somebody on the New York radio station this morning said that uh, Brian Dable, who's not the head coach of the Giants, of course, remember he was the OC of Buffalo OC. last year. Uh, I think missing him is, is uh, I think not too many people are talking about that. And so I know Ken Dorsey, the former University of Miami quarterback, is the head, is the OC now, and he may be up for a coaching job somewhere in college. We'll we'll see how that goes. But I think missing Brian Dable, uh, I don't think people give enough credit uh, towards that. And you might be right about that. I mean, I think you know Dable was one of the reasons why Buffalo been close a few times. So you got to think that that's played a part there as well. Buffalo is also the first preseason title favorite to not reach. Even the conference championship game since you know, Seattle did it in like 2015, it, mm. it's sort of one of those things where you kind of you're you're kind of at a crossroads if you're Buffalo. I mean, you thought that the window was still open, but again, I mean, you're you're dealing with other stuff. You got, I'm sure you're gonna have they're gonna have cap issues too. They may have to get rid of some guys. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, and Diggs might want to might 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 I say might might ask for a trade. So yeah, you just you just don't know where the bills are gonna go at, at this point, but. Yeah, this was definitely an opportunity that kind of slipped away from them. And uh, they got a lot of, uh, I'm sure Bills fans are kind of wondering about that as well. Now, Burrow does join Russell Wilson and uh, Bateman Roethlisberger as the only QBs, starting QBs, to win five playoff games in their first three seasons. Mm-hmm. He's also the fifth QB in, in the Super Bowl era to win, e- to win each of those uh, first three uh, road playoff games. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and then it'll be the Chiefs and the Bengals once again. They'll meet for the second straight year. That's the seventh time that that's happened with two teams mm-hmm. meeting for the, for the conference uh, title in consecutive seasons. The first says uh, Ravens and Patriots did in back in 2011 and 2012. So, yeah, look, you, you, okay, of course you give you the Bengals all the credit and such, but at the same time, you kind of wonder, like, what the hell is – what the hell uh, was going on with Buffalo and, and in Buffalo? I mean, it's just like that. I, I expected more of an effort. I expected to feed mm-hmm. off the energy from the crowd. It was nothing. It was, it was totally listless, and I, I don't know if that's – the emotions, you know, they were emotionally drained. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's not for them to have to answer, but it, it just felt like something was missing from them uh, yesterday. And I just, it, it's, it's baffling to me. Yeah. As we talked about with the Philadelphia Eagles in our last segment, Cincinnati did the same thing to Buffalo right away on the road. Unless we said on Friday, like any, even though all of us, including Christine Pitt, Buffalo, Cincinnati had more than a puncher's chance to win. And I said, on Friday, that Cincinnati one of their best chances to upset Buffalo to run the football, and Joe Mixon did that uh, 20 times for 105 yards in the score. Sammy P. Ryan, their backup, had seven carries for 33 yards. Joe Burrow ran the ball six times for 31 yards, including that key 21-yard run uh, early in that third quarter. But also too in the receiving department, it, the sets doesn't jump out at you, but they they had some their receivers had some big catches, including Jamar Chase. He had five catches for 61 yards in the score. Their tight end, Hayden Hurst, had five catches, 59 yards in the score. I wanted to ask you, Lakina, about the Joe Mixon touchdown. Did you really think that was a touchdown? Because I thought that the that the, re- the replay officials would call it bad because I couldn't find any evidence that they were going to uh, count that as a touchdown. And then, of course, early in the game, Jamar, Jamar Chase had a touchdown that was taken off the board. Now, I thought clearly that the replay officials got it wrong. What were your thoughts about those two plays? Yeah, I think they were both wrong. I think they were both. Wrong. I thought that I thought that was a t- touchdown. So I thought he got Talking that. About Jamar Chase's. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, he had got too. that second mm-hmm. foot. I think he was able to drag that sec that that second foot in with the, with his toe, and he was able to drag that through. But of course, that ended up not that ended up not being being a touchdown. But the Mason touchdown, which should have should not have been a touchdown, was called a touchdown. So there you go. With that one, that that one was a little bit more of a question. But 
it's sort of one mm-hmm. of those things where even if they had not, you know, counted that, not counted that uh, mixed in touchdown, you could tell that the, the Bills were just, you know, emotionally and physically exhausted. So I, I just don't, you know, that's something that the that Sean McDermott and the rest of the Bills uh, team gonna have to answer for because it, it feels like this was their shot to perhaps maybe you know, rally around their teammate and you know and everything else, and it, they weren't able to do that. So it's it sort of one. Of, I, I just. Yeah, I, it was very disappointing. Uh, Buffalo's effort uh, yesterday, and that, that that really, it just like I said, it really kind of just, you know, it really baffles me to no end. And the, the other NFC divisional playoff contest from last night, the San Francisco 49ers will return to the NFC title game for the third time in four years after defeating the Dallas Cowboys in ugly fashion, nineteen to twelve. Dallas kicker Brett Meyer missed the extra point again, but this time it was blocked. But on the flip side for San Francisco, San Francisco rookie quarterback, Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy was 19 of 29 for 214 yards. Elijah Mitchell ran the ball hard for San Francisco 14 times for 51 yards. C.D. Lamb on the flip side for Dallas had 10 catches for 117 yards. Lakina, I think the turning point in this game was when backup running back Tony Pollard went out with that foot injury mm-hmm. and it changed everything uh, offensively for Dallas. Dak Prescott. Had uh, had a, a touchdown pass, but two big interceptions. He has thrown an interception eleven times out of the fourteen, ga- eleven games out, eleven times out of the fourteen games that he's played this he's year. For you to say, yeah, he's the for you to say. Yeah, I know, he's right? <laughs> with that one, but uh, yeah, that Pollard uh, high ankle spring, I think that's definitely what kind of changed the game. He was really the kind of the reason why that the, the the Cowboys were still in it. He had some big catches, mm-hmm. some big runs too. Once he went out, you know, it kind of days kind of you know, will started falling off. Zeke, you know, had ten carries, but you know, why why didn't he get more carries? That's the thing that kind of mm-hmm. makes me makes me wonder with that one now. As far as you know, San Francisco is concerned. I mean, I mean, Purdy, you know, the, the, so far the bright lights hasn't bothered him. You know, he threw for two hundred fourteen yards, but it was really sort of like their running backs: Elijah Mitchell, Christian McCaffrey, Debo mm-hmm. Samuel. They were the kind of the ones that kind of you know kept things going, kept the chains moving, and such. I mean, look, you got to give, you know, the defense also, too, for San Fran credit. I mean, they were, look, they made the tackles. They made the, they only sacked uh, Prescott once, but they had those two bigger interceptions. Mm -hmm. So, for me, I I think, yeah, that's definitely kind of, you know, Fred Warner led the team in tackles, had one of those interceptions. And it was sort of one of those things where I think it's been kind of the defense. I mean, you Mm -hmm. know, the sell for field goal, I think there was only one one TD that whole game. You know, that kind of brought the game open from uh, Christian McCaffrey, the rushing uh, TD. But mm-hmm. look, you got to give San Fran credit. I mean, they were kind of, you know, sort of, not like dragging along, but you kind of had to give the, you know, them credit for just, you know, playing, you know, to their game plan and, and such. And look, this is their 12th straight uh, win, including the playoffs, that their longest streak since mm-hmm. 1984. And they're going to the conference championship game for the 18th time, which is already the most in the NFL. So, you know, you got to give them uh, 49ers credit on the foot side for Dallas. Mike McCarthy is now 0-4 in his playoff career against the 49ers, lost in 2012 and 2013 when he was with the Packers. And, of course, back-to-back now, they lost uh, the Cowboys lost to the 49ers again last year. That ties mm-hmm. with you know, Tom Landry versus the Rams, the most losses by a coach versus any opponent in their NFL uh, playoff history. So, yeah, I mean, the Cowboys, you can tell that Dak, you know, there are going to be a lot of questions. You know, yeah, that guaranteed money, he only has one more year of that guaranteed money. And, Joe, Jerry, Jerry goes can kind of just say, you know, say bye bye to him, especially if he doesn't produce produce next year. Zeke, you know, you didn't really hear too much from him. You didn't hear, uh, you know, Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson call his name a lot. Um, mm-hmm. 
yesterday. So CeeDee Lamb, like he did what he could, 117 receiving yards, led all receivers actually, you know, the 49ers, among the 49ers, you know, among everybody in the game. So it's just that, you look, you got to give the 49ers credit. I mean, they set their game plan. They were able to, look, they made the plays when they needed to. I know Ray, Ray McLeod uh, had that uh, that drop punt, you know, deep in their own territory, but they'll give the defense credit for having the, the, the Cowboys sell for only three and, yeah, I mean, this, this should be a, a good one uh, on Sunday between uh, the 49ers and the Eagles. That should be a fun one. Yeah, we we I think we talked about this on Friday, last Friday, Lakina, about Brock Purdy. We didn't think he was going to have a, a, a big game in terms of the passing yards like he did the week before against Seattle right. because Dallas's defense is, is much better than Seattle's led by Mark, Micah Parsons. But uh, out of those 214 passing yards by Purdy, you like the way that he spread the ball around. That's what happens when you have an effective running game. George Kittle had 90, 95 yards off of five catches. Debo Samuel, uh, even though he had those couple of carries out of the backfield, he still had four catches for 45 yards. Jawan Jennings, two catches for 26 yards. It was nice to hear Brendan Ayuk's name. He, mm-hmm. he was targeted four times. He had two catches for 26 yards, of course. Christian McCaffrey, you mentioned he had that rushing touchdown in the fourth quarter, but he had six catches for 22 yards overall. So you like the way that Brock Purdy spreads the ball around. As we, as I said before, and I'll say it again, long state defense for the 49ers uh, do their thing and they have a strong running game. You don't have to put all the pressure on Brock Purdy. He can just go with go with a game plan and keep things simple. And that's what yeah. we've seen so far. Yeah, he's not doing too much, which is probably a good thing on his part. I mean, he's been able to kind of just play his game and such has made any you know big mistakes so far. And look, it seems like the bright lights hasn't bothered him. So, you know, I think having mm-hmm. having a solid defense, you know, from having a solid defense, so I think that helps having, you know, Debo and, you know, C-Mac and all those guys, I think that also helps too. So you got to give a little bit of credit there. Yeah, credit there. So you got to give the 49ers all the credit in the world. But, yeah, I mean, they, like I said, the Cowboys, they have a lot of questions coming up this offseason. Yeah, what would you do before we get to our studs and dust, Lakini? What would you do with Dak Prescott? Would you try to trade him this offseason, or you, or you, would you be forced to um, bring him back next year? Because, like you say, he only has one more year that guarantee money next year. Mm-hmm. After that, that's it. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what do they do. I mean, do you try to trade him? Probably try to get some value for him? Maybe, but who? I said, would you do be, that? Would I do? I don't know. I mean, if there are any takers, I mean, I probably would. That that's one less money I don't have to worry about. Only, like I said, only next year. That's the last year of that money, that guarantee money that he's going to have. So maybe try to see if you can get some takers. I probably it, it depends on what what I would get back. I think that's probably like the best question, mm-hmm. the best way for me to answer that question. How about you? Would you uh, trade a uh, press? I would take some calls, and like yeah. like you said, I, I kind of in your in your arena. I would mm-hmm. take some calls to see what I get back, and I, I know you cannot heist these teams. You you, you could right. try, but. Uh, the other teams can uh, will tell you your players' real value, so you, they can try to. Jerry Jones and his son Stephen can Jones can ask for a heist, but uh, they're not really going to get. I don't think what they want for Dak Prescott. So uh, I would take calls, but I think at the end of the day they'll uh, they'll bring it back for one more year, and and they'll that'll be it. You're listening to Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago. We're live in Living Color for a Monday edition. Lakina, before we get to what the Bears are going to do for this offseason, let's get our studs and duds from the NFL Divisional Playoff Round. I'll start off with my three studs uh, from Saturday. Isaiah Pacquiao had 12 carries, 95 yards for the Kansas City Chiefs as his Chiefs defeated the Jaguars uh, 27-20. My second stud would be Travis Kelsey, 14 catches for 98 yards for Kansas City. 
And my third stud would be running back Joe Mixon from Cincinnati. 20 carries, 105 yards, and a touchdown. The Bengals uh, dominate the Bills on the road. All right. So nice, nicely done there. I would have Joe Burrow uh, as one of my studs. I mean, I think he's kind of showing you that he is one of the, the other top QBs in the country right now. In, in the league right now, I should say, you know, two touchdown passes, 242 yards. I mean, you got to give him some love. There, uh, the San Francisco defense, you know, what they, you know, what they do best, mm -hmm. forcing turnovers, you know, two interceptions, you know, kind of kept, kept it tame. Even when they, they gave up some of the, some, you know, big yards, they didn't mm -hmm. you know, have the Cowboys, so for field goals. So that's a, just a big win there with everything else, including that big, you know, that big with that clipped, uh, positioning. And that could have easily been a touchdown, but, you know, they, you know, had them settle for a field goal. And I, I'll say Philadelphia, I, I think, look, that, you know, coming off a bye. Mm -hmm. Usually, you know, teams that come off a bye, the number one seed, you know, they, they look very rusty. They look very, you know, timid and such. Eagles did not look that look like that. Dominated the Giants from start to finish, which you're supposed to do as a number one seed. So, yeah, give them credit there. All right. three. My three duds would be the whole New York Giants team. Mm -hmm. uh, they did not show up. They showed up physically, but emotionally. I know you were outclassed, but uh, there was no fight in, in my opinion. So they're my first dud. My second dud would be the Buffalo Bills uh, defense, in particular their run defense, as I said on this program for the last few weeks. Uh, if anything is going to hold them back from reaching the Super Bowl, it's their run defense. And it, it definitely got exposed yesterday. They gave up over 200 yards of, of, of rushing yards to the Cincinnati Bengals. And my third dud would be Dak Prescott of the Dallas Cowboys. We already took one of my duds. I dad well, Dak was one of my duds too, you know, for all the reasons you said. And uh we interested to see if they do uh, make a trade. You know, they trade them during the off season. It's gonna be kinda hard to do, but uh, I'm sure they're gonna, you know, take some calls. Um the Buffalo team in general. I mean, you, you wonder like, is there something going on with hot behind the scenes? Is it the DeMar Hamlin so kind of just exhaust them both, you know, physically and emotionally? Maybe that's what happened there. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, so some someone's got to give her, someone's got to answer for it, and uh, yeah, I don't know what went on in that game. You give Cincy all the credit, but yeah, they have Buffalo just look completely listless, and it's just you know terrible. I'll say I'll, I'll even you know switch it up and say the Jags are one of my duds. I know lack of your experience and such, but they still had a good chance to win that game. Drops and and, and such, mm -hmm. you know, that kind of killed them as well. We get a chance to talk about it earlier, but I think the Jags. Had they had caught some of those passes, they probably could have won that game. And that fumble too. I mean, that 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 was just you know just a that kind of mm -hmm. made the you know make the game open and such. So I, I was yeah, I'm gonna say they're my they're my dud too. I, I think because they they could have they could have won that game. And that 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 Jamal Agnew uh, fumble that 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 was yeah that was pretty bad. All right, and that's your studs and does from the NFL Divisional Playoff Round Extra from this past weekend. You're listening to Second City Sports or Sports on Chicago. I'm Sid Deslakina. You can hit us up in the comments section at Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions and comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Let's close out our number one by discussing the Chicago Bears. Lakina, there's all types of rumors. You'll hear me. haven't heard them already. You'll hear them in the next few months leading to the April 27th NFL draft. And free agency starts, I believe, March 13th. And so it's uh, still less than two months away from that. But I want to ask you, uh, the Bears clearly need a number one wide receiver. I'm sure they're going to pick up a stud wide receiver in the draft because Ryan Pauls has all these picks uh, in his back pocket. But uh, I was uh, – Reading the post over the last weekend, and I'll get your opinion on this, 
And according to this post from six our friends at 670 to score, they have the, the top four wide receivers that the Bears should consider trading for. I'll give you the candidates. You ready? Mm-hmm. DeAndre Hopkins from the Arizona Cardinals. It'll be interesting to see what what do the the Cardinals uh, want, especially once they hire a new GM and a new head coach. I mean, it's going to be interesting to know how much you're going to have to have to give up because they're gonna, probably going to want that number one pick and maybe perhaps maybe a couple other mid round picks as well. So that that's going to be interesting, though. But yeah, I've heard that name as as I've heard that name too. I believe DeAndre Hawkinson is early early thirties, so. If you're Ryan Pose, would you pay a steep price for a, uh, a wide receiver? Uh, even though he's still good, that he's getting up there in age, I'm not sure. He's still a good name. He'll help out Justin Fields a lot, but I don't know because of his age. I I don't know. So uh, I don't know. So I'm I'm just I'm in a question mark on that. Mm-hmm. Number two, Devonte Adams from the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, I've heard that name a lot at both both the score and uh, the new home for. Uh, Chicago Bears, uh, ESPN 1000. You're probably going to give up a lot, and you're probably going to take in a lot of that salary too. That 197 million is going to go away pretty quick if you try to uh, trade for him. So yeah, that that's that's probably another thing where you're probably going to think about. He's a little bit a little bit younger, but again, I'm sure the Raiders are going to want you know a little bit of a king's ransom for him. So that that Remember that's going to the- be another. No, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, as I remember, the, the, the Raiders got sort of a ransom for in that Khalil Mack trade prior yeah. to the 2018 season opener. It paid off dividends right away for the Bears, but after the 2018 season, Khalil Mack started getting injured. And, and on the flip side, for the Raiders, all those draft picks they received for the Bears, none of them are on the roster right now. Mm-mm. So, <laughs> so yeah, that, that's a there's some history between those two franchises there. Yeah, yep, exactly. Who else? All right, number three, T. Higgins from the Cincinnati Bengals. He's he a little be, bit younger. He hasn't gotten yeah. paid yet. So I, I, from the salary cap perspective, he makes the most sense so far. Yeah, the salary thing, I mean, I think that's going to be sort of – because he's still playing a rookie salary, so mm-hmm. yeah, I think that that's going to – and I'm sure, he's still, I'm sure he's not going to want to go anywhere unless he gets a big contract. So that's going to be another thing, too. Yeah, he's younger, but – I don't know. I mean, that's like if you're the Bengals, you want to try and keep him at whatever the cost. So, but remember, Jamar Chase is on a rookie contract as well. Uh, You assume that he's going to get paid along with the quarterback, Joe Burrow. If that's the case, at least T T Higgins out. Well, yeah, that's going to be the number thing, too. But yeah, but you got to, I'm sure going to be other teams are going to be vying for services as well. So, the Bengals, you know, they really don't need a a number one pick. I mean, I'm sure they can always use some old line help, but. That's mm-hmm. another thing that they're going to have to uh, think about, too. So, yeah, I think he's probably going to be a, a a good one there. You know, you probably, probably don't want to give up that much. And, you know, contract-wise, you may not have to, uh, you know, pay him a lot either. Yeah, that makes the, the most sense. And the last one they have here is Michael Pittman Jr. out of the Indianapolis, uh, the star wide receiver for the Colts. I really, yeah, I must say, I, I, really, I really like him. I think this is another thing that you're probably not going to have to give up too much on either. So I think that's going to be another one. I think, though, again, younger, you won't have to pay him that much, still in a rookie contract. So I don't know. I mean, like I said, I mean, like I said, so far, uh, Poles has not, has not impressed me at all. So he's going to ha- if he does make a, a play for e- any of these receivers, you have to think about, you know, cap hits and such, and what you got to give up for these guys. So. Mm-hmm. Well, you have to give up the number one pick. That's gonna be another. That's gonna be another thing they're gonna have to think about too. Yeah, and out of those four options, none of them are bad, Lakina. But because of where the Bears are at, I know they had the most salary cap in the league going into this offseason. Uh, 
I think the ones that makes the the one that makes the most sense out of that is T. Higgins and then Michael Pittman Jr. I don't know what his contract situation is. I, I don't think he's making a ton of money uh, yeah. for the Colts, but T. Higgins will make the most sense for me. And as I said before, now I'll keep saying it uh, throughout this offseason. I'll keep saying it throughout the season season next year. But the majority of that money that they have right now in their salary cap uh, safe. That's going to be safe for Justin Fields in a couple of years. Assume that he stays healthy and he continues to improve. Because each time your franchise quarterback has a great year, the price tag goes up. And the Bears uh, will have to be prepared for that. Then they may have to give out some of that money, too. So that's going to be another thing. We'll, we'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be very to see what, what direction his eyes, you know, the, the Bears tend to go. And hopefully they'll be able to be, you know, be able to kind of, like, improve on that because, like I said, so far, Paulson has not impressed with some of his moves. So, like I said, the only. You well, know, you know, last sense. year around this time, he was cleaning the house from the previous regime. Even though this is technically his second off offseason, uh, he's going to have a lot of work to do. They accomplished like what they want to accomplish as far as getting that number one pick. They have most of the players on one or two year deals. And so free agency is important. And this draft is important. As I said before, we'll keep saying it again, lean up to April 27th. Uh, the infrastructure of this Bears team is still being uh, rebuilt right now. It's still under construction. You're not there yet. So this is an important year for the Chicago Bears in that uh, new regime. Still, yeah, but like I said, still, I mean, okay, yeah, you're, I'm in proven mode and show me mode too with polls at this point. So mm -hmm. uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But yeah, I mean, I know you had to clean a lot of, you know, the dead money and such. You did a great job of that. They got the number one pick. But yeah, but I said, I, I'm in proven mode now. Like you got all this money, you got all these picks, you got the number one pick, you know, you got to show us too. So we'll see if you can do just that. All right, hour number one in the books, hour number two straight ahead, including the, the Bulls, after coming back from Paris, are back in action tonight. Also, the rest of a uh, pretty interesting uh, weekend in the NBA. Also, a pretty interesting weekend in college, too, with a couple of big upsets as Yeah, well. number one goes down. <laughs> and number two as well. So, uh, mm -hmm. And also, an old-school TV Monday and a whole lot more still. The Keenan McGee, Sydney Brown, Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago. More uh, hoops, hoops talk coming up right after this. Do you know that you're in my lane? No, not at all. Are you not paying attention? Are you texting? I was just checking in with my mom. I was telling her that I thought we'd be home by six. It's okay. There's enough time. Just pay attention. I'm not even halfway through my text. There's no way. I'm not even going to look up. My babies are in the car. You have to pay attention. It's supposed to be a quick text. I'm so sorry. Hi, I'm Tom Brady, the director of DoDEA. September is National Suicide Prevention and Awareness Month. The simple act of reaching out and caring for those in our communities is something we all can do. Just being there for someone you care about can be a tremendous first step in getting them access to confidential resources and support that they need. It only takes one person and one small act and one minute to make a difference. Let's make a difference.
Welcome back to our number two of Second City Sports. We're live in 11 color, the Monday edition, right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss Lakeem again, which is she. I am Sydney Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow your truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S I D K I D A zero. S I D K I D A zero. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Kingsburg again, the IG. We have less than an hour left of this extravaganza. We call it Sports Talk Radio Show. If you have any questions or comments for us, you can always hit us up in the comments section at Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in questions or comments in the comments section, and Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Let's kick off the second half of the show, Lakina, by discussing the Chicago Bulls and the NBA at large. We'll start off with the Bulls first. They had the last three days off. Tonight, they'll get back at it against the Atlanta Hawks at the United Center at 7 o'clock. The Bulls are three games under 500 at 21 and 24. While the Atlanta Hawks check in with the 24 and 23 records, we mentioned the last few shows, the Atlanta Hawks and Trey Young and company have been on a roll these last two or three weeks. So they sit right in the middle of the Eastern Conference playoff bracket while the Bulls are in that number 10 for if the playing tournament started tonight. Lakina. We talked about it last week. The Bulls had to get that win in Paris against the Detroit Pistons. They beat them by 18 points. Zach Levine is still continuing his hot scoring streak. DeMar DeRozan returned from a calf injury. He looked good. Kobe White is starting to play well. But the question for me is uh, the, the development of Patrick Williams. Will we see continue to see that consistency, especially on the offensive end? Can he take his game to another level? Well, I think that's going to be another thing that, that, that they're going to have to do there. And I think that's going to be pretty interesting to see if they can do it tonight against the, the Hawks. Now, the Hawks are there's – look, there's only a four-game – a four-and-a-half-game difference between the 6-seed, who, who right now is Miami, and the 10-seed, which are the Bulls. They're still like – look, the Bulls can make a move here, and, it, and I think that's going to be sort of like the thing. They've got they got some winnable games coming up, you know, starting tonight. I know Atlanta has been giving them fits. You know, we, we've seen some of the games that they've done – they've had, you know, especially in the last month. So. That's going to be like the number one uh, thing there. And I think, look, they've had a couple of days off to kind of get their clocks back on track. And it's sort of, you know, one of those things where you're kind of like, look, they, they, they can make a move here if they want to. I mean, they've got Indiana, they got Charlotte, uh, Orlando. I know they have a you know, three game road trip after this. So 
that that, that you know, they're, they're, these games are very, all four of these games are very winnable too. They can get back on track here. So I'm not you know freaking out just yet that oh you know some Bulls fans are using their trade machines and such. So I think <laughs> you know y'all need to leave those things alone. I swear. But uh, yeah, I mean it's gonna be very interesting to see what, how the how the Bulls do and how they look. I mean, Demar Derozan looked really good. You know, coming out of the game that game against the Pistons on Thursday. So yeah, I think for me, I think this is gonna be like kind of improvement mode too, especially with you know P Will and I O and the rest of the game there. Can Vooch keep up his pace and such? So yeah, I think look, we'll we'll see what happens tonight. I mean, look, this is Atlanta team they're very familiar with. I know they've been hot, although they did. They did lose their, their their last game and such. So, yes, they've won seven or last ten. But, you know, none of it has really been, been impressive to me as far as Atlanta's concerned. But that's a whole different uh, scenario there. But, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what, what happens. Yeah, um, my my first concern is, uh, is Patrick Williams. But my second focus is Nikolai Vucevic. Of course, uh, around this time, like, so we, like, you know, we uh, gave him the credit that he deserved because he tied his career high with 43 points and then went over Golden State. Of course, DeMar DeRozan was out. And so Vucevic was the guy for the uh, was the main man for for the Bulls last week. But ever since DeMar DeRozan uh, has, I know there's only been one game since DeRozan has returned to the lineup. As as I asked last week, and I'll ask again since they'll get back in action tonight, the offense should flow through Nikolai Vucevic. He's one of the best passive big men in the league. When he has to match up in the post, he takes advantage of it. When he sees the double team coming, he usually passes it, makes the right decision, and passes it to the open guy. The offense has to flow through Vucevic, especially in the post. When that happens, it makes everybody else better. When Zach and DeMar, uh, they do that 90s-style dribbling, dribbling, and, and sometimes in the case of Zach pull up for that three, everybody stands around, and that's not how offenses should be uh, uh, flowing. When Vucevic has the ball, especially in the post, when he sees that double team coming, he usually passes it out to the right person and then flows through there. So the offense has to flow through Vucevic. I want to see if Billy Donovan, the head coach, will implement that game plan tonight. We just to see what happens with that one. Uh, but, yeah, you can check out that, that game on NBA TV and, of course, locally as well. So it'll be interesting to see if the, the how the Bulls look after having a couple of days off to kind of get their body clocks back on track. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Mm-hmm. Like I said, they're they're they have a pretty good stretch here. They got three winnable games after this, so they can kind of make a move here and perhaps you know, move up in the standings. I think they can do just that if they can keep up with the consistencies and all that stuff. So it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, there. Now, yesterday uh, game, you know, pretty interesting. Uh, some interesting things happened over the weekend in the NBA. We'll we'll, we'll get to all that, but um, starting yesterday, I mean, it, it, it's it's definitely you know some interesting uh, results here, of course. Yeah, had uh, the Lakers beat uh, Portland 121-112. LeBron had 37 points and such. And it, it, it's sort of – I'm kind of like in that realm with them. I mean, they're kind of like right on the edge of that uh, play-in. So they can make a move here if they if they want to. I'm talking about the Lakers. I mean, the consistency of it has been – that's been their problem. But, uh, yeah, they, they looked really pretty good. Uh, I saw a little bit of this game, you know, via the computer. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I saw a little bit of the, the game. And, look, they I mean, they, they kind of, you know, looked really – really good and uh look i think the lakers can kind of be uh, right there they're they're three games under as of this recording i you know thomas Bryant had 31 points as well that's a career high for him mm-hmm. as a losing losing effort for uh for the blazers now again no no you know dame dame had his struggles you know 24 points and for me says had 31 leading the way for the the blazers and losing effort but uh yeah i think 
look, I don't know what to think about this Lakers team. I, I don't, but you know, <laughs> the, uh, you know maybe they, look at me. They were up, but I think they were up. I think like they were out 25. Yep. Yeah. yeah they were out, 25. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. they were outscored uh, by like the first couple of quarters, but they were able to pull out the win. So go figure with that one. They're the first team of the Lakers to win a game in such fashion by being outscored in a quarter by 30 plus points. Yeah, going back to 1972 in the Celtics when the then Buffalo Braves. So, uh, yeah, they were outscored 45 to 13 uh, at uh, in the second quarter. But, yeah, they were able to pull out a win. Go figure. Yeah, it was a 71 to 45 uh, scoring advantage uh, uh, after halftime. So give the Lakers credit for that. As we said before, the Lakers still do not have any shooters. Uh, if you study the history of LeBron James's career, he usually has a couple of shooters on his roster. He definitely doesn't have it right now. As you mentioned, Thomas Bryant, I watched the majority of the game too via his computer screen. Uh, he helped uh, the Lakers in that comeback last night, uh, picking up the loose balls and slamming it in home for two. Uh, Dennis Schroeder is, is still continuing to play well. Patrick Beverly is starting to pick it up ever since his return from injury, especially on the defensive end. And uh, Portland just uh, melted down the stretch. They couldn't shoot the ball well. Dame. Damian Lillard he only had one three-point shot in, in, in the first half, and that was that local three to end, end the half. And so Portland, like we said, Dame Dollar has to stay he healthy. Anthony Simons is having a, a good year, but they still need that third score. I don't know where, where they're going to get it, but give the Lakers credit. Last night they took advantage uh, of it. LeBron James is still continuing to play well. I know Anthony Davis is supposed to do back soon. Wake me up when that actually happens, okay? But – you know, how long can LeBron James keep this up, especially at age 38? We know he's going at that scoring record with Kareem, but how long can he keep this up? Because, you know, a, a, a guy like that at his age, you know, you wear down in the fourth quarter and other guys got to pick it up, but he just, you know, LeBron doesn't have the horses that he needs right now. You guys see, that's going to be something to look out for, too. Now, Golden State loses to the KD list, uh, Brooklyn Nets, 121-16. Uh, Kyrie Irving led the way for for them for led all scorers to say with thirty eight points and look you did what you're supposed to if you're the Nets I mean you look mm -hmm. you had you know Kyrie you know, was kind of like that guy that kind of picked up the slack for KD and also too you had other guys so you know, they class had twenty four points and such so yeah so definitely a, a good win and as for Golden State I mean they're they're starting to kind of you know worry a little bit there i mean 13 for 32 from three point range mm -hmm. that's not that's not good if you're trying to uh stay right there they're on the, they're on the edge of missing the playoffs right now they're in the 10th they're in that 10th uh 10th seed right now as of this recording so but a nice win for the nets yeah a great job of jock vaughn and the nets uh, i know they've been struggling out there on, a, on their west coast road trips they needed this win. they took advantage of a couple of mishaps that the warriors had especially especially down the stretch last night ben simmons i i asked you lakina where is he going to show up he hasn't shown up as far as scoring is concerned, but he had big, 11 big assists last night. So that's what you like to see. And also to Seth Curry, the younger brother, Steph, he had 12 points off the bench. You thought he would play a little bit more, but uh, he had a nice contribution off the bench last night. So it was an all-around good team win, win for Brooklyn. And Joe Harris, who's been injured off and on over the last year and a half or so, he, he had 14 big points last night for four or seven shooting from downtown. Yeah, absolutely. And they were able to take advantage of some of the mishaps there. Now, the Suns got a nice win uh, against the Grizzlies. We'll get to them in a second. I'm talking about the Grizzlies, 112, 110. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the, the, the Suns, they've been struggling a lot lately. I think this has been, this is only about their fifth win uh, outside of 
you know, with no Booker. Of course, CP3 had 22 points leading the way. They, of course, Mikhail Bridges had 24. So it, it, it's, it's definitely kind of like one of those wins where they really needed it because they're like right near the end of actually missing the playoffs as of right now. They're at 500. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, you know, Book will be back soon, I saw. So they really need him. But, yeah, a nice win for uh, the Suns and for confidence too. And on the flip side for the Memphis Grizzlies, we'll get to what happened on the inside against the Lakers in just a moment. But the Grizzlies had lost their last two games on the road. And uh, just like on Friday night against the Lakers, uh, the failure to execute down the stretch. And that's what that's what's been happening to the Grizzlies these last uh, couple of losses. But they're still one of the top teams in the West next to Denver. We'll get to Denver in just a moment, what happened last night. But the, this Memphis team is still a good team, but they just w- ran into a ball in Phoenix who really are playing it under desperation right now, as you mentioned, due to all their injuries. OKC beat those Nuggets 101-99. Uh, Shy uh, Giorgos uh, Alexander had 34 points leading the way there. This He's is your all-star this year. He should be in the all-star game next month. Yeah, we'll see if he does get that. They'll get the go-ahead there. Uh, Jamal Murray had 24 in a losing effort from uh, the Nuggets. And look, at 20, I should say, in their losing effort. Now, of course, Jokic did not play, but you got to that they kind of, you know, the Thunder credit for taking advantage of that. But, yeah, I mean, look, the Thunder are kind of like right there, knocking on the door for that, that uh, play-in spot. So I don't know if you can put him in there right now as of this point, but I think they've both, they looked pretty impressed so far. I mean, they've been – like I said, they were able to kind of take advantage of you know, Jokic not being, being in the lineup, mm-hmm. so they, that's what they were able to do. Yeah, you give different credit. They uh, they played hard. I watched some of this game live via this computer screen. Uh, they did play hard. Like I said, Jamal Murray uh, tried his best, but they just ran out of gas, and Oklahoma City executed um, the play um, perfectly with uh, Gildas Alexander hit, eventually hitting the game winner with nine seconds to go. But Denver is still up there in the Western Conference. They're number one. I still believe in this team. Once Jokic gets back in there healthy, uh, all sisters should be go for Denver. I know they had a 15-game home winning streak, which was snapped last night, but I'm not too worried if you're a Nuggets fan. I'm not too worried. It's Yeah, it happens. So, I mean, it, it, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Now, amongst the others, Miami uh, beats New Orleans, 196. And so Toronto beat uh, New York 125-116. Now going into Saturday's matchups here. So pretty interesting. Hey, don't forget the Clippers beat Dallas. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about that too. 112-98. I think they really needed that. And look, yo, Kawhi mm-hmm. played. Yeah, he had 30 points uh, leading the way for uh, the Clippers. I mean, I know, I know, look, I know they're doing a low management thing with both him and PG. PG had 21 points. Uh, with the with the twenty from the thirty third, I should say from a Kawhi. But mm-hmm. look, this is how they look when when you have you know when all their guys are on are there on the court. So uh, on the Mavericks side, Luca had twenty nine, uh, twenty one points from uh, from Dinwiddie in a losing effort there as well. So, but yeah, look, if you're the Clippers, I think if you're a Clippers, so you kind of be you kind of feel frustrated because they're doing this whole low management thing with you know P P uh, PG and Kawhi. But you mm-hmm. wonder like, okay, this is how they look when they're at full strength. Yeah, as we talked about before the season started, like, can I have them winning the championship? And as we said, if the Clippers remain healthy, they're one of the favorites in the, in the Western Conference. And the, uh, the problem has been uh, both their stars staying healthy. And they have some nice role players, uh, no doubt about it, with John Wall and uh, some of the other veterans with Reggie Jackson in there as well. So, But it, it all starts with Paul George, George and Kawhi Leonard both being healthy for long stretches. If they could do that to, Clippers are just about damn near unbeatable. 
Going into Saturday's uh, matchups here, you got Philadelphia edging out the uh, the Kings 129-127. Tyrese Maxey had 32 points leading the way for the Sixers. You know, a pretty interesting game from, you know, it's, it was definitely one of those games where they didn't have Embiid, they didn't have Harden, but they were able to edge uh, out the, the a really good Kings squad, so you got to give them credit for that. Yeah, quietly, Philadelphia is creeping back up there in the top of the Eastern Conference there. They're sitting at third. 30 and 16 as it is live broadcast. And I did watch some of this game uh, because of the football, the Giants Eagles game was uh, way out of hand. Uh, Philadelphia had a big lead, but Sacramento crawled themselves back into the game. Harrison Barnes got fouled. I don't know about Julie Kina, but I don't know if he says he was shooting the ball, but it looks like he got stirred first before he was doing that shooting motion. But uh, anyhow, Harrison Barnes got fouled uh, on the last play of the game. The Kings trailed by two. Barnes missed two out of missed two out of three free throws, and and Sacramento lost the game. But uh, one of their commentators said on the broadcast is that, is that with a young team like this, it, this loss could devastate you. But you got to turn turn it around in a hurry. And the Sacramento Kings have have been doing good this year. And they, as we mentioned, we, they had some borderline all stars with De'Aaron Fox. Uh, Demontis Sabonis was an all star a couple of years ago when he was with the Pacers. So and we mentioned that the veteran Harrison Barnes he was with the Warriors in the beginning of their run of many years ago. So they still have some nice young group of veterans and young players as well. Don't forget about your guy, Keegan Murray, the rookie out of Iowa, who's contributing as well. So the Sacramento Kings team, I don't think they're going to go away. I'm not saying they're going to go top of the Western Conference, but I don't think they're going to go away either. Oh, yeah, that should be a still a fun team to watch nonetheless. Yes, the yes six, they are. Yes, six, they are. If you're a Sixers fan, you'll definitely take the win you know, without Harden. And uh, and beat, so you gotta take that. But the Suns, of course, they've won a couple in a row. They beat uh the, the Pacers 112 107. You know, kind of a desperation move, like you said, with the Suns, you know, to mm-hmm. kind of make sure they stay afloat until uh Book can come back at full strength. Uh, let's see, uh, Boston edge out Toronto 106 104. Of course, Jalen Brown had 27 points, Pascal Siaka had 29. A losing effort, but uh, yeah, it was a, a good game nonetheless, too. A pretty solid game up there in Toronto. Now going into Friday's uh matchups, we'll go through that real quick. Uh of course the Canes uh pulled away from the uh from OKC 118-113. The Nets got a nice uh showing against the the Jazz 117-106. Uh, Kyrie had 48 points, was a season high mm-hmm. for him. He's been kind of keeping things, you know, afloat. So at least the, so far, the Nets have actually looked really good on the road out west. So that should uh, that was a fun one there. Of course, the Clippers beat the, the Spurs. Uh, the Nuggets uh, uh, pulled away from the Pacers. Uh, Dallas got a nice win against Miami, 115-90. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Warriors beat the Cavs, 120-114. to and in a really good game, actually ended up being a strange game, too. Uh, the Lakers beat the Grizzlies 122-121. <laughs> of course, uh, Russell Westbrook had 29 points and uh, leading the way for them. Uh, this is a second lo- It was a second loss when leading by after three quarters because the Grizzlies were up by five. But this is also the Lakers' second win when trailing after three quarters. So, But what it was what happened in the stands that, uh, that you know, had a lot of folks talking about. Uh, of course, Shannon Sharp, the, the Pro Bowl Hall of Famer, of course, he's yet you know, you know, of course, he ha- is a host for FS1. Arguing against uh, T. Morant, who is, uh, of course, you know, John Morant's dad. There was, you know, got a little bit of a, a scuffle there. No punch, no punch were thrown, you know, thankfully. You know, cooler heads prevailed and such. So, uh, so what do you think about that? That whole thing was just weird. I saw the, 
I saw, uh, yeah, because I saw some of the, the, the pictures and the clips and stuff, and I, didn't, I really, like, you really couldn't tell what they were arguing about. Yeah, same here. And I, and I said, uh, I got it on the text chain with the guys from the Dean Davis, and I saw, I saw that person, I saw it again on the highlight shows. Shannon Sharp, I love you, my man, but sit your old ass down. Sorry. <laughs> Sit down. <laughs> I, 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 we talked about how you know John Moran's father in it was uh was it Carl Anthony Townsend's father last year during yeah. the playoffs. It was yeah. but it was a nice fun exchange. Oh my god, my son's the best. Your son is this, but it was a nice and all and fun. It, it looked like to me, Lakina, that Shannon Sharp was trying to be the star of the show. And uh-huh. I, I, I get I, I read somewhere that he said that you know some folks, especially. They're sitting down on the sitting down on the floor. They think they can say whatever they want. You're one of them, dude. <laughs> uh, can we just enjoy the game? You not be a part of the show. We are there to watch the players. We're not there to watch the celebrities yelling at courtside. You're not. You're not Spike Lee. You're not Denzel Washington. You're not even Jack Nicholson. Sit your ass down, and enjoy the game. I get you know you had to have. You know, I get it if you have a little back and forth, but doing a friendly style, but yelling and screaming like you in the backyard playing football. No one wants to see that. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, was it the suit? I mean, you saw the suit. What was it? He didn't like his suit. Is that why he had this? He said something to him? I don't oh, know. No. It's usually something stupid when stuff like this happens. It's probably something very silly and, and dumb. Yeah. So, yeah, it is what it is with that one. But, you know, of course, the Lakers beat the Grizzlies, you know, edge out the Grizzlies there. Actually, a game that they really desperately needed. So they've lost a couple of the world. Talk about the Grizzlies. So we'll see if they can get mm-hmm. back on track this week because they have a big one tonight. So uh, going into the schedule for this week in NBA, you got uh, Milwaukee and Detroit. These are tonight's games, Monday, six mm-hmm. o'clock. You got Boston, Orlando at six o'clock. The first game, the NBA TV doubleheader, as you know, we talked about it, Atlanta and the Bulls, Minnesota and Houston, Charlotte, you know, they continue their West Coast road trip against Utah. San Antonio against Portland in the second game of that NBA TV doubleheader. We'll see if Memphis get back on track as they face San Sacramento. That should be a fun one at 930. I think that's the first team to 140 points will win. So <laughs> Probably. those yeah. <laughs> so those teams like to run, run, run. So we'll see what happens uh tonight. Going to tomorrow, Tuesday's schedule. It looks like this. The Bulls will have a bat to back. They'll travel to Indianapolis to take on the Pacers. That's at six o'clock. The first game of that TNT Tuesday doubleheader will feature the Boston Celtics taking on the Miami Heat. Of course, this is rivalry week, starting yep. a rivalry week in the NBA. Say that five times fast. <laughs> also at 6.30, we have Cleveland at the Knicks from MSG. At 7 o'clock, we have the Nuggets at the Pelicans. 7.30, we'll have Washington at Dallas. At 8 o'clock, we'll have Charlotte at Phoenix. And then wrapping up the Tuesday night doubleheader on TNT, the Clippers and the Lakers. Who needs, who needs this game more? I say the Clippers. Yeah, I think the Clippers need it more because of the fact that you know, they've they won a couple in the world. Talk about the Clippers, but uh, I think the Lakers are kind of right there on the cusp. So, yeah, we'll see. It should be a fun one as, a, as it's been all season long between these two. So, the Lakers in this case will be the home, the quote unquote home team here. So, uh, should be a fun yeah. one there uh, tomorrow night on TNT. You got the Wednesday matchups. You got Indiana and Orlando. The first game, the ESPN doubleheader, the Wednesday night doubleheader that they have. The Nets and the mm-hmm. Sixers. That should be a fun one. Uh, the Wizards and the Rockets, Denver and Milwaukee. I know uh, Giannis been down the lineup. We'll see if Jokic is back in the lineup as well. And Atlanta, yeah, let's hope both stars return to uh, to the lineup. Atlanta and OKC at seven o'clock. Yeah, and wrapping up the Wednesday night schedule, the second half of the ESPN doubleheader at nine o'clock will 
see John Moran and Memphis Grizzlies take on Seth Curry and the Golden State Warriors from the Bay Area. Remember the last time Memphis went out there to the Bay and Ls on Christmas Day and they got their mm -hmm. heads blown off, no pun intended. So uh, Memphis are continuing their uh, road trip and they have revenge on their minds. Wrapping up the Wednesday schedule, we'll have Utah at Portland at 9 o'clock. Both teams are trying to position their spots in for the mm -hmm. playing tournament. And the Toronto Raptors are visiting Sacramento at 9 o'clock. And at 9.30 on Wednesday, we'll have San Antonio at Los Angeles to take on the Lakers. That should be that should, now that 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 Grizzlies clip for uh, Grizzlies uh Warriors matchup, I should say that should be interesting too. I know uh Golden State, I know that after those disappointing loss over the weekend, I know they're going to be out uh for blood as well. Mm -hmm. Now, going to the going to Thursday's matchups, the first game of the TNT doubleheader should be a good one. You got New York and Boston at 6 30, you got Detroit and Brooklyn. The and the you know, the Bulls start their uh East Coast road trip, if you will, they uh start their game against Charlotte at 6 30. Yeah, I think you mentioned the Knicks and Celtics uh, TNT for Thursday. Yep. The, yep. Yeah, the first game. Okay. Uh, wrapping up the Thursday schedule, we'll have Cleveland at Houston at seven, uh, Dallas at Phoenix. The second half of that TNT Thursday night doubleheader at nine o'clock. And wrapping up the Thursday night schedule, we'll have San Antonio at the Clippers. So there's your schedule for the NBA for this upcoming week. You're listening to Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. We'll get to college basketball on the flip side of this break, but a couple of nuggets, Lakina, that I found on social media over the weekend I wanted to share with you regarding the NBA as we wrap up our NBA portion of, of the discussion. Uh, top selling merchandise, NBA merchandise. We I have the top 10 list. You ready? Mm -hmm. I already saw it, but uh, yeah, read it for, okay. uh, for our peeps. Yeah, number 10, the New York Knicks. Number 9, the Phoenix Suns. Number eight, Brooklyn Nets. Number seven, the Dallas Mavericks. Six, the Philadelphia 76ers. At number five, your Chicago Bulls check-in. And you, you saw the game on last Thursday in Paris. There was a whole bunch of Michael Jordan, Derrick yep. Rose jerseys um, uh, that were being worn by many fans, even though it was a Pistons home game. Number four, the Milwaukee Bucks. Number three, the Boston Celtics. Number two, the Golden State Warriors. And number one, the Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah, it's worth that the Bulls are in the top five. You know, none of their current players are, you know, none of the current players are in the top 10, you know, among individual jersey sales. So, you know, go figure with that one. You know, you saw, uh, you know, Paris, you saw, you like to say, you saw a lot of MJ jerseys, you saw some mm -hmm. Pippen jerseys, you saw, of course, D Rose jersey. So, uh, yeah, I think the brand is still something that I think, you know, that that's kind of, you know, what led to that one. But yeah, I'm not surprised by that top five. And if you go by mm -hmm. individuals, uh yeah, not no no real big surprises there. Yeah, like speaking of individuals, uh, no bulls on our uh, top fifteen list. Of course, Steph Curry leads the way as far as top selling NBA jerseys at number one. LeBron James at number two. Giannis at three. Luka at four. Kevin Durant at five. John Morant six. Jason Tatum seven. Devin Booker eight. Joel Embiid at nine, and Damian Lillard at number ten. Not no big surprises there. I don't think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, don't be surprised. You know, Steph's leading the way with uh for them. Yeah, people they know who Steph is. They love Steph. Of course, LeBron still LeBron. So yeah, no, no big surprise in that top ten. I don't think. No, no surprise there. Of course, uh, we didn't get to this last week, Lakina. But uh, the All Star, I think the All Star voting will be over by this week, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. yep. And so on, I know on the second returns, we had, uh, there was no Chicago Bulls players in even the top ten or top five. And I and I know our buddy Lamont Scott asked us a couple of weeks ago. Do you see any Chicago Bulls uh, players going to the All-Star game? I said, if anyone has a shot, it's DeMar DeRozan. But after those second returns, he didn't even make, the, I believe, the top five. 
Which is weird because you know, yeah, they got him as a guard, which he's he's not a guard, so that's exactly he, yeah, which is sort of weird to me. But uh, yeah, it is what is there. But I think if you're if you're the Bulls, I think you probably would rather you know take this that week off and kind of just you know reset, you know, and get ready for that stretch run because you still have a shot to perhaps make it, and not even mm-hmm. the, just to play in, but also maybe the, even in the top six. Yeah, as you mentioned with that schedule coming up starting tonight against the Atlanta Hawks at home at the United Center. Hopefully, you take advantage of that. Hopefully, by uh, by this time next week, the, the Bulls will be at 500, perhaps above 500. It's going to be tough, but we shall see. But like I say, everything is uh, ahead of them as we are uh, less than, I believe, two and a half weeks away from the All-Star break. And so three and a half or two and a half weeks away from the All-Star break. So uh, the time for the Bulls to make their move is now. All right. Uh, we're going to have college hoops talk to, you know, to the top two seeds, uh, you know, lost over the weekend, including the number one seed yesterday. Yeah, old school TV Monday. The Hawks are still winning, despite you know that's not helping with their uh their their draft, you know, top draft choices. But uh, <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll talk all about that and more coming up. The Kingdom McGee, Sydney Brown, Second City Sports on Sports of Chicago, College Who's old school, old school TV Monday coming up right after this. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks, they can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things, none of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. (laughs) Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration.
Hey, this is Dr. J, and I listen to Sean and Maya in the morning. Welcome back to Second City Sports. We're live in 11 color on the Monday edition right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid Deslakina. We have 25 minutes left in this segment for today. If you want to get at us via the comment section, you always go to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. But if you want to follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG, you can do so at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's S I D K I D 80. S I D K I D 80. You can follow me at Kina McGee on the Twitter and at Kina's Cookie on the IG. All right, Lakina, let's uh, wrap up the show by discussing college basketball, as you mentioned. Both the number one and number two uh, teams in the rankings went down in men's college hoops over the weekend. We'll start out with the Houston Cougars. Uh, they fall to the Temple Owls by the score of 56 to 55. He, uh, Houston uh, remains number one for now with the 18 and two mark. Um, and Damian Dunn for Temple was the man uh, for the Owls. He had 16 points, including seven to eight shooting from the free throw line. And Jamal Shad uh, for Houston. Remember last year he burned Illinois. He had mm-hmm. only had 13 points, but struggled from the field only four or 16 shooting. Yeah, it was uh it, I actually got a little call a little bit of this game because you know the 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 Bengals Bills game was was kind of annoying me. So I went in and watched this game with Houston. And look, mm-hmm. the weird thing about it is that uh they were the Owls were only eight for twenty-four for three-point range, but they were able to kind of make the little clean up the little things late. That's why they were able to mm-hmm. edge them out. You'll give Aaron McKee credit, and of course, you know, former tip tempo star there from the, mm-hmm. uh, the late nineties and uh Look, he's been able to get his you know team going and such. You know, he gives uh, he and the Owls give uh, the, the Cougars their first loss, conference loss of the season, I should say. And I saw the statistic, Lakina, before yesterday's uh, game. I was watching the Memphis and Cincinnati game, and we'll get to that in just a moment. But uh, the Houston Cougars are the I think number one in offensive rebounding in the country, and they're number one and with fifteen point eight points per game off its second chance. Of buckets that's number one in division one basketball and you know, we all we all know that houston can put up a lot of shots but they're one of the best if not the best rebounding teams in the country that's going to take you a long way but you know they got to start uh, knocking down some shots it's nice that they, uh, they can get their hustle on as the kids would say inside the paint but uh the, but the, they gotta they gotta shoot the ball better and that's one of the reasons why uh they lost yesterday also, Purdue, who is now the new number one, they're back to number one. Talk about Purdue as they mm-hmm. uh, edge out uh, Maryland 58 55. Zach Eddy had 24 points for the Boilermakers. I mean, like I said, this is supposed to have been a, a quote unquote rebuilding year for Purdue, but mm-hmm. you know, they you know, the, the Boilermakers have had, have had other ideas. They're now 8 1, you know, they're, they're leading the Big Ten right now. They're also 19 1 overall. Uh, you know, now, of course, back to being number one. In the country, and look, a lot of it is because you know their three point shooting has been kind of you know, but Eddie has been sort of like the guy that's kind of helped mm-hmm. uh keep the, the boilermakers. He's one of the really the main reason why the boilermakers are where they are right now. Yeah, you, you mentioned Purdue uh being on top of the Big Ten. Uh, they've been up there for the last uh a f- few years, and no one talks about them because they don't have that quote unquote big star like those other big schools have. But give head coach Matt 
Matt Painter credit that he, uh, he keeps those guys motivated. They're hungry. And I think playing with that edge that uh, no one pays attention to him because even though they are in the Big Ten and they are a, a school known for basketball, they're not Illinois or Michigan, Wisconsin, uh, Michigan State. And so they got to fight for that respect. And so far, and they still get good talent in there. So it's not a mistake why they're still up there in the top five in the country. UConn, yeah, they really are. And, you know, UConn beats uh, Butler. You know, bringing a two-game losing streak for them. They really needed that win. Any other kind of little bit of a run, too. They uh, beat Michigan State, 82-69. Uh, trailer, uh, Trace uh, Jackson Davis, I should say, had 31 points. was a season high for him. And look, don't look now, but Indiana's actually kind of you know, creeping back up into the Big Ten standings. Yeah, they won the last couple of games. They beat Illinois last Thursday uh, down there in Champaign, and they beat Tom Mizzle's crew at home yesterday. Give Mike Woodson credit. He has his guys motivated. So I'm... I I wouldn't want to play Indiana right now uh, if I'm the rest of the Big Ten. We'll get to the rest of the Big Ten uh, results in just a moment. But uh, if any team is trending up right now, is in is uh, Indiana? Absolutely. And uh, Memphis pulled away from Cincinnati, 75-68. DeAndre Williams had 26 points, leading the way for the t uh, the Tigers. And uh, look, it's, you know, they're they're fast. They're a fascinating team. I'm talking about Memphis is because mm -hmm. of course you know they've been you know kind of. Not really, they've been kind of up and down this year. They're, you know, they're three or four now, and on the American, they're 15 and five overall. So, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see how, you know, Penny Hardaway's team does with the rest of the season coming up in the American. Should be a interesting one uh, there. Yeah, uh, I watched some, I watched most of their game yesterday, and one of the uh, Cincinnati players got an early foul trouble, and I think that's what helped Memphis as well. And Memphis uh, attacked the Bearcats, especially in that second half. I know it was a big snowstorm there, so still yeah. most of the fans showed up, so give them, give those fans credit for braving <clears throat> those elements. But back to the game, uh, Penny Hardaway's team um, really picked it up in that second half. I know Cincinnati made a run late, but early, uh, Early foul trouble in poor shooting, which kept Cincinnati uh, trailing uh, the Memphis Tigers. Uh, one more uh, note, Lakina, with uh, yesterday's game. Did you check out those throwback jerseys for both teams yeah. that were uh, wearing? Yeah, the old, uh, yeah, uh, the old, yeah, the old Metro Conference, your know, Great Midwest yeah. Conference. You know, Memphis, back when they were Memphis State. Yeah, that was mm -hmm. around that time. So yeah, those since he was cool, since he jerseys. So yeah, definitely felt a little bit of nostalgia there with those jerseys. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, let's continue now going back to, uh, I know Michigan beat Minnesota by four. So Jawan Howard's uh, program is is back on track. They beat Michigan uh, after losing to Michigan State by over the week or so ago. Uh, they, they beat Iowa, they lose to Iowa, but they beat uh, Minnesota yesterday. So it looks like they're getting back on track. But I want to talk about the, the going to back to the Saturday games. Uh, you mentioned the number two team uh, being knocked off. I did watch some of this game, even though it was, it was mostly a blowout for the majority of it. Uh, number two, Kansas, they go down to TCU, 83-60. to 60. Uh, Shahada Wells for TCU had 17 points, while uh, Jalen Wilson for Kansas had 30 points. Lakina, I did watch the majority of this game, as I mentioned, before the football games came on. TCU out-hustled Kansas. And they shot the ball well from the outside, especially from three in their first half. Yes, Kansas made a couple of runs, but TCU was aggressive driving the ball to the basket. They got offensive rebounds, and Kansas just couldn't keep up. And that's what a, a good young talent and basically hot shooting would do for you, especially to start yeah. off the game. Yeah, that's, def that's definitely probably like the worst loss they've had at Fog Allen. It, it, well, I don't know if it's the worst, but it's up there. The 23-point mm -hmm. defeat is also tied for the largest home loss by a top-two team 
in AP history, the first time that both the top two uh, teams in the country lost consecutively in a consecutive d- day. So, uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, look, I mean, TCU looked really good. I mean, look, when healthy, they're probably one of the best teams in the country. They're definitely the top 15. Case, mm-hmm. you know, Kansas, you got to wonder, like, the youth, some of that youth and experience, you got to is that coming back to kind of bite them too? So we'll see if they can get back on track. They had a tough one tonight too against Baylor. We'll get to that in a second. Yeah, the, now, the Kansas lost their last couple of games uh, with TCU and Kansas State last Tuesday. So uh, they got to turn it around. Alabama beats uh, Air, out, uh, Missouri, the fight in my Burmers, as we call them. You, know, you probably <laughs> could say Alabama should be the number one team in the country, but they're not number two behind Purdue. Uh, Arizona, was, this was a back and forth game for a while. I think they were, uh, Arizona was up big, but then, you know, UCLA was kind of you know, able to get back mm-hmm. into it, but it wasn't enough. So Arizona held them off 58 52. Um, so yeah, it's one of those, you know, Pac 12 uh, rivalry you know, games that are always. It was a very physical game. I watched it this morning. And uh, UCLA struggled um, to score for most of that game. Like like you said, they made a charge of it late. But uh, but uh, Balo, I forgot Dalo, um, I forgot it, uh, the, uh, the big guy for Arizona. Uh, he had a uh, he had a Balo. Thank you. Oh, oh, I Umar, it right Umar, the Umar Balo. I think that's how you Umar say Umar Balo. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, he had a, a big game for for the Arizona uh, Arizona Wildcats. He scored in double digits in every game so far this season. And he was one of the big main reasons why the Arizona was able to hold on for their win. He dominated inside. Uh, UCLA, UCLA couldn't find an answer for him defensively. As I mentioned, the Bruins uh, struggled shooting from the outside, and Arizona took advantage of that with Balo dominating inside. Yeah, he's definitely probably one of the best you know, big men in the country talking about Balo. Yes. So. You know, definitely one of those guys. You haven't heard of him or haven't seen him play yet. He's definitely guys check him out. Gonzaga didn't need uh, – They were it was close for a little bit. You thought that maybe they were going to lose again, but they were to pull away from Pacific uh, 99-90. Uh, Texas got a nice win, uh, you know, against West Virginia. Not an easy place to play, 69-61. Mm-hmm. Uh, Xavier, Georgetown, 80, uh, 95, it's just an 82. Uh, Tennessee pulled away from LSU. Uh, Virginia held off Wake Forest. Uh, OK State upsets Iowa State. Um, K-State uh, had to held off uh, uh, Texas Tech. Auburn beats South Carolina. Duke with a nice win against uh, Miami. I saw a little bit of this game, and it was definitely back and forth for a while, but you know, mm-hmm. Duke was able to make the big plays late to, to edge out Miami. And should we start paying attention to this team, Lakino, as we go to the Missouri Valley Conference? I forgot to mention this game in our previews on Friday, but the Southern Illinois Salukis, the home of Kenneth Davis, Bart Scott, and Mark Silverman. Uh, The Salukis are now 16-5 and on the year after beating um, Missouri State of 61-57. Lance Jones had 11 points, even though he struggled shooting four or 12. Yeah, Salukis, you know, they're they're a fascinating team, and it's sort of – I think we should start paying attention to them. I think they're like near the top or they're right at the top right now. I know I think Drake's ahead of them, but uh, yeah, I think that might be. Look, I think they could probably be up there. Perhaps look, remember they went to the Sweet Sixteen twice back in the early two thousands. You know, Brian mm-hmm. Mulls, who's the head coach, is actually a part of those a uh, couple of those teams. So uh, yeah, I think he's getting he's getting the guys that he wants you know, you know to play. There with him and look, you know the people in Carbondale are actually pretty excited. I know uh, Ken's got to be pretty excited. I know I see, I hear Sylvie talk about it all the time. You know, as much as they feel you know, they play their sixty three right now, they're I think they're like number two, I think behind Drake in the Missouri Valley. So uh, yeah, th- this could be something there. You know, could we get another Illinois team? You know, in the tournament this year, I think that'd be pretty cool. But yeah, I think yeah, look, now that's going to be a tough conference. But uh, yeah, they could definitely definitely you know, make some noise if they if they get in. 
And also, too, Bradley's, I believe, is 13 and 8 right now. Yep. So um, we'll, uh, we'll see what happens with that squad. Shout out to our guy, Mr. Brandon Schultz. Uh, um, he says, I'm here. How are you? Uh, thanks for tuning What's in, up, Brandon. Brandon. Uh, going, up, Brandon? Going, yep. Going, going back to the scoreboard uh, from Saturday, number 25, Arkansas. Uh, they, they get a big win over Ole Miss, 69 to 57. Eric Musselman and his crew are starting to get back on track. As we talked about before, looking at the SEC, we talk about them as a football conference, but they're not too shabby in basketball either. Yeah, they got a pretty good uh, rich history. They're talking about Arkansas. So, uh, mm-hmm. and they, they, they've lost, they've lost a, couple in a, a couple in a row, so they really needed that win against Ole Miss. We knew it was going to be a tough one, but, yeah, they were able to pull it out there. Uh, Carlos of Charleston, also FAU, you know, they win their respective mm-hmm. games, and uh, they're now still defeating their respective conferences as well. And uh, Baylor edged uh, Oklahoma uh, 62-60. Marquette BC, uh, Seton Hall. Uh, Clemson uh, with an uh, edge, you know, holding off Virginia Tech. That was a that was a pretty interesting game uh, there as well. So yeah, some you know really solid. Uh, and you know, Kentucky, you know, look, they're they're getting back on track. They beat Texas A and M seventy six sixty seven. So yeah, so definitely uh, some uh, teams are starting to kind of you know, make a little separation of between their conferences. And also with some of the the bubble teams like we mentioned with Southern Illinois. Definitely uh, something that could probably look out for, especially when it comes to, to bubble watch, as they say. Yeah, usually as we, we talked about uh, we talk about it every year, Lakina. Those mid-major conferences get one, perhaps if they're lucky, two bits. And so uh, I was looking at the bid tank standings, but we it's still a long way to go. But you usually get about I think last year you got about between six and eight teams. This year you'll probably get six as of right now, and it's probably a stretch if, if you're the Big Ten, but. Uh, some of these mid-major conferences only get one or two bids, and the Missouri Valley may have two, but right now I assume you'll get one. But you, they may be lucky to get two this year. Yeah, we'll see what happens with that. And uh, On Friday, uh, New Mexico edged out Boise State uh, 81-79 overtime. That was a pretty entertaining game. I got to watch a little bit of that game. And uh, look, the, 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 the Lobos are just up to hold them off, so that, that should be a they, – they face each other again to next month too, so that should be a, a fun <laughs> one. Going to uh, today uh, matchups, tonight's matchups. Yeah, Northwestern and uh, Wisconsin going on right now. Of course, this was uh, at five thirty. Should I say? Of course, this will be a makeup for Northwestern mm-hmm. having to post postpone a couple of their games due to COVID issues and such. So, but they're back in action tonight against Wisconsin. That should be a a fun. We'll see how how you know the team looks and such. Duke uh, faces West Virginia. That's going to be the first game of the big Monday doubleheader. Uh, of course, the HBCUs. You'll get a little bit of love on ESPNU. Uh, Norfolk State, Morgan State. That should be a fun one on ESPNU at six thirty. And of course, the second, the second game. That should be a good one here. Kansas hoping to get back on track after losing their last two. They face Baylor at on ESPN at eight o'clock. And a good one here in the in the Mountain West. You got uh, New Mexico. They're back in the top twenty-five as they face Nevada at eight o'clock on on CBS Sports Network. All right, let's go to tomorrow's schedule. Tuesday uh, at 6 o'clock on ESPNU, number 20, the Miami Hurricanes. They lost uh, at Duke on Saturday by two points uh, in uh, in Canada and Door Arena. They'll travel to uh, Florida State to take on the Seminoles uh, in the in-state rivalry in the ACC. That's at 6 o'clock. On ESPN Plus at 6 o'clock, Tulsa and East Carolina. Also at 6 o'clock on FS1, DePaul at Georgetown, two uh, underachieving teams. But at 6 o'clock tomorrow on ESPN, Ohio State versus Illinois from uh, from down there live in Champaign. Uh, this is a big game for both teams, but I think Illinois needs this one more. Should be a fun one down there. Always Especially coming out there, lost to Indiana last Thursday. Also, you know, always a good matchup between these two teams. That should be a fun one. LSU at Arkansas at 6 o'clock on ESPN, too. 
You got the fighting my Bermans, the Missouri Tigers, as we call them here, old, at <laughs> Ole Miss at 6 o'clock on the SEC Network. Uh, you got Oklahoma and TCU. That's on the, the Big Ten, uh, the Big 12, I should say, ESPN Plus uh, Will it be a big letdown for TCU? <laughs> That'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Yeah, Case, could we go in here? You got Case and Iowa State on ESPNU at at eight, and also to OK State coming off that uh that their big upset. Let's see if they can avoid the letdown against Iowa State. They're coming off a loss. Uh, K State and Iowa State. That should be a fun one. OK State will face Texas. That's going to be on the Longhorn Network. So if you guys got that on your cable cable systems, it's going to be at eight o'clock. Basically, that's basically Texas home network. So uh, yep, Georgia, mm-hmm. Georgia Tech and Clemson. That's something at ACC network at eight. Uh, Drake, which is the, the top team in the Missouri Valley right now, after, uh, before uh, Southern Illinois, they uh, host Indiana State at 8 o'clock on CBS Sports Network. Kentucky and Vanderbilt with uh, Jerry Stackhouse. That's going to be at 8 o'clock on the C Network. Fresno State and Boise State at FS1. And Wyoming and UNLV. That should be a good one. CBS Sports Network at 10 o'clock tomorrow. All right, key games for Wednesday. Number 13, Xavier faces number 19, UConn on FS1. That's at 5.30 p.m. on Wednesday. That one. Yeah, at 6 o'clock on ESPN+. Plus for This is Wednesday schedule. Number three, Houston will take on UCF. Let's see if Houston get back on track after losing to Temple yesterday. Also at 6 o'clock on not six, yeah, six o'clock on Big Ten Network right here. Uh, Wisconsin versus Maryland. Wisconsin, um, uh, they're one of those teams that's sleeping under the radar, radar, but they're 12 and five right now, while Maryland uh, checks in at 12 and seven. So that's a big matchup there. Northwestern will play again the second time in three days. Uh, they'll go to Nebraska at 6 p.m. on FS2. And checking down some of the rest of the important games for Wednesday. Illinois State will face Bradley at 7 o'clock on ESPN+. Plus. Bradley, as we mentioned, they're 13-8, trying to climb up the ladder in Missouri Valley. On FS1 at 7.30, we have Butler tra- uh, traveling to Providence to take on the Friars. Uh, Providence is ranked number 23 in the country. And some of the other big-time games at, at 8 o'clock on Big Ten Network, we have Indiana traveling to Minnesota to take on the Golden Gophers. And at 10 o'clock on CBS Sports Network, this I'm sure you'll be checking in on this one, Lakina. Utah State will face San Diego State in the Mountain West. Uh, Utah State 16 and 4, San Diego State 15 and 4. Yeah, it's going to be the first to 80. We'll probably win that game. So, uh, but both teams play good defenses too. So that should be mm-hmm. a fun one. Now, going into Thursday's matchup, you got Middle Tennessee and Florida Atlanta. Of course, you know, we, we talked about Florida Atlanta. They're undefeated in the. They're 11 and 0 in the uh, conference in Conference USA right now, so we'll see if they can keep it. Like I said, they got a veteran squad, so if they get in the tournament, they could definitely you know get some teams. Fits, but you know, let's not get ahead of ourselves with that. SMU in Memphis at six o'clock on ESPN two. Iowa and Michigan State that should be a fun one at FS one at six. Let's see some of the other uh, games, the other matchups here on Thursday. I know there's a couple of uh. Pac-12 yeah, Purdue games. number one. Purdue travels to Ann Arbor to take on Juwan <laughs> Howard's Michigan Wolverines. That should be a good one. Should Purdue be on that upset alert or no? They, they should be, but uh, yeah, it'll be interesting okay. to see how the the fans do over Chrysler, uh, UCLA, USC. They had a good one a couple of weeks back. You know, of course, UCLA edge on USC. I'm sure uh, the Trojans will have a revenge on their minds. They face each other mm-hmm. once again on ESPN two at eight o'clock. Colorado to Oregon. I don't know if I can watch uh, games on that court, but uh, that'll be on the <laughs> Pac-12 Network at 8 o'clock. Hypnotizing. Woo! <laughs> Ooh, I don't know. That's a, not in a good way. Uh, yeah, that's about... 
Ooh, excuse me, that's about it for uh, that one. Uh, yeah, that's about it for some of the, 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 the top uh, scores there. Let's see. Yeah, that, that's about yeah, that's about it with uh, some of the top games okay. for uh, Thursday. I know there's a couple other uh, Pac-12. We talked about that. Uh, Utah and Oregon State, that's going to be on, I believe that's on FS1 at no at, at CBS Sports Network, I should say. Uh, Utah and Oregon State. At C, uh, at ten o'clock, also to Arizona State of Washington. That's going to be at ten o'clock on ESPNU and uh, Arizona. Scorner should they be also Logan Pullman against Washington State at ten o'clock on FS1. We'll see if they can kind of avoid the upset. All right, you're listening to Second City Sports or Sports on Chicago. Sid Lakina here with you uh, as we uh, take you through your Monday. We wrapping up for the show today. We still have a couple minutes left, Lakina. Uh, let's get to old school TV Monday, and today we will salute the A Team. That's right. The A Team was an American action adventure television series that ran on NBC from January of 1983 to March of 1987 by former members of its fictitious United States Army Special Forces unit. The four members of the team were tried by court martial for a crime that did not com- they had not committed. They were convicted and sentenced to serve terms in a military prison, but later escaped to Los Angeles and began working as soldiers of fortune while trying to clear their names and avoid capture by law enforcement and military authorities. The series was created by Stephen A. Chanel and Frank Lupo. A feature film based on the series was released uh, by 20th Century Fox in 2010. And Lakina. I'll I'll just say this about the eighteen. We'll go through some of the uh, guest stars who appeared on the program throughout the years. I know some of the uh, storylines were compared to uh, the VM now more from the late mm-hmm. 60s, early 70s, Lakina. Uh, it has some breakout stars, including hometown guy, Mr. Lawrence Telk, a.k.a. Mr. T. And mm-hmm. if you guys don't know his story, he was a former bodyguard of uh, Muhammad Ali. Who, yep. Of course, during the prime of his boxing career, lived here in Chicago through most of the 70s and the early 80s. And so, Lakina, uh, I remember this show being on when I was little, but I appreciated more when it was in, in, uh, in reruns on not only local TV here in Chicago, but on cable TV across the country. Um, now, it, it was, uh, even though it was an action-packed show, it had its funny moments as well. They didn't take themselves too seriously. I liked Murdoch personally because uh, he was a funny, smart guy, a smart alley guy. Of course, the late George Papard, uh, who played the uh, the general of that uh, of that group. Uh, it, mm-hmm. it had an all-around welded cast, and it had some famous catchphrases in there as well, thanks to Mr. T. I pity the fool. Yeah, absolutely. I pity the fool. Yeah, that's probably one of the most famous catchphrases with that one. Now, yes. The, it, was, it was interesting because Dirk Bendick, of course, who played Face, wasn't in the original. He wasn't in the original pilot. So mm-hmm. that, you know, Tim Dunnigan was uh, the original Face. But yeah, but he was let go, of course. You know, you know, Dirk Bendick was able to come in and, and you know, they they felt that, you know, I guess Dunnigan was too too young for the part. You know, Bendick was like the right age for us. That's why they made the switch. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but, you know, as a Right now, I mean, I loved Murdoch. I loved, you know, Mr. T. I loved that whole gang. They actually had a lady there too, Melinda Kalia, but she left after about halfway through uh, season one. So that would have been nice uh-huh. if, they, if she had if she had stayed around for that that entire run. It would have been cool to have a lady as part of that team. But you know, it is what it is uh, there. But yeah, it was a you know, it had some great moments. Of course, probably the most famous, famous episode for me was when Murdoch went to on Wheel of Fortune as they were. You know, yes. That's the, yeah, yes. remember the old Wheel of Fortune episodes where you could pick your prices and such. So that that was actually pretty uh, interesting. Now, look, this is not the height of everything because people wanted you know more action, adventure kind of stuff. I mean, the mm-hmm. 
you know, of course, you have the sitcoms and the but TV goes through stages. You, you you went through the sitcoms now. Now the time in the early to mid eighties, you had like the you know the action adventure you know type shows, and the eighteen was definitely kind of led the way there. Mm-hmm. Yep, and you mentioned so the uh, notable guest appearances, of course, Pat Sajak and Vanna White. And that was, of course, just like Jeopardy and the late Alice Jeopardy, those game shows uh, started in the early 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, not- all the notable guest uh, stars, uh, Boy George, Isaac mm-hmm. Hayes, the yep. late uh, late Isaac Hayes, the late great Rick James, Ernie Hudson. Of course, he was in Ghostbusters. Of course, WW now, WWE wrestlers, uh, Hulk Hogan, British, yep. the Bulldog, oh, yeah, and Mr. Episode, Wonderful yep. Paul Ardenoff. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Among you know, the late, great James Avery, a pre-Fresh uh, Prince, uh, yes. James, James Avery, uh, among many others. So, uh, yeah, it, it, look, it had a share of of, of, uh, of stars as well. Of course, Tia Carrere. Um, mm-hmm. you know, she was also on an episode, too. So, yeah, it was definitely yeah. uh, one of those shows it was definitely a who's who of, you know, folks being there. Of course, Michael Irons, I was also the Dennis Franz. You know, of course, you guys remember him, of course, you know, eventually. From, NYPD uh, Blue NYPD before Blue. then. Yep. 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 So, you know, he you know, did a lot of episodic work, you know, way back when, but he was there too. Dennis Haysburg, remember him before he was the president on 24. 24. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, with the weird, uh, the, uh, <laughs> the Jerry Curl and such. I know he probably you knows <laughs> every time that, every time the episode airs. Uh, of course, of course, pre that study show, now that age show, Kerwood Smith was also on there as well. So, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely a who's who of folks. Uh, Dean Stockwell, the Lake Ray Dean Stockwell was on there too. So, yeah, a lot mm-hmm. of your know, great uh co stars as well. Yeah, also notable stars William the Refrigerator Perry as himself, of course, uh, coming off that 85 Bears championship. Of course, uh, the late great Della Reese before a touch by an angel before mm-hmm. Harlem Nice. She was a guest star on that show, and Marky Post. Uh, she yes. was a guest star on that show as well. And so the A-Team, uh, uh, well, can, where can they be seen, Sid? It's available on YouTube for purchase if you want to see the episode, uh, if you want to watch the episodes on your own time. But it airs every night at 6 p.m. Eastern, 5 Central, or Me TV. Me once TV, again, yep. uh, yeah, so uh, the A-Team airs every weeknight, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Central, or Me TV. Do you think the show could have lasted longer? I know some people felt I always, that. I always thought they could last a year or two longer. Yeah. I know they went down in ratings over the last couple of years. And it actually premiered after a Super Bowl yep. uh, the year the NBC had it. So it did very well. Mm-hmm. But I thought it could have went on maybe another year or two. I'm trying to think that could have, could have, though. I think that's probably the one thing I wonder. Like, could it could have lasted another year on air? I know because, you know, those type of action shows, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, could have lasted maybe a year or two, maybe. But again, mm-hmm. what 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 more could they have done? I mean, they did the whole thing with working for the FBI, of course. Robert Vaughn, the late great Robert Vaughn, you know, played kind of like their advisor, sort of. You know, he would hire them to do mm-hmm. cases. Don't know that you could have done more with that, but you know, but it, it's. But I think it was good for what it was. We saw you know various movies. You know, of course, you saw the the movie with uh with uh, Liam Neeson who played Hannibal, and I think Bradley Cooper mm-hmm. played Face, among others. Yeah, I wanted um, to ask you. I never got a chance to see it. Did you see it? Was it, it, was it was decent. It was decent. It was decent. It was decent. Because I know yeah, it was it a was... lot of mixed reviews. And it's like, well, it wasn't the same as the old television series. Of course, they waited a long time to uh, to do that movie. But yeah, I heard a lot of uh, mixed comments about that movie. I, uh, at the time, I didn't get a chance to see it. So it wasn't. It wasn't too bad. You know, it wasn't okay. like you know. It wasn't. It was like meant to be like Shakespeare. I know there was some rumors of it. They, they would they would do another one, but yeah, it wasn't that bad. I mean, it was pretty. Okay. I, if I had to give it a grade, I'd probably give it a C plus, B minus. Okay. 
I'll check it out at some point. But today for Old School TV Monday, we salute the old NBC TV action series, The A-Team. All right. Well, with that, on that note, you can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan McGee on the IG. You can follow your Shirley Sydney Brown on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. Make sure you download that Sports on Chicago app wherever you get your apps. Make sure you follow Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And make sure you subscribe to our podcast at War on Anchor. We are available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. And make sure you give War Media a follow at WARR Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. Don't forget you can catch Sports on uh, Second City Sports live at 11 Color right here on Sports on Chicago every Monday and every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time. One more game, as young folks would say. Catch Second City Sports live in Living Color every Monday, every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on Sports on Chicago. And remember, you catch us on Roku TV. You know, as you can see right there, if you got a Roku TV app or if you got the remote to Roku TV, you can go to mm-hmm. Sports on Chicago. Just type in Sports on Chicago right there on the on the Roku app. And mm-hmm. you can and you know, look, you check out our show, you check out Sean and Maya, the Smoke Fellas, what's up, cuz? It'll be interesting to see what they've got in store for you guys tonight. But uh yeah, and of course you got some other shows too that are gonna be coming up as well. So uh yeah, so make sure you guys can check out the, the shows anytime, wherever and however you want. So celebrate with the squad and get with the program. Sports on Chicago is not on Roku TV, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, live and on demand. All right. And also, too, we'll see if the Blackhawks to keep up their, sh- their streak. I think they got another game, I believe, uh, Tuesday, if I'm not mistaken. I think tomorrow mm-hmm. they got another game. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. I know this isn't good for their uh, their job. Yeah, go back uh, to tanking, position. please. <laughs> yeah, I'll say, yeah, I don't, yeah, you had a nice little run here, guys. But, uh, yeah, let, you, know, you want to get that top three pick. So, uh, yeah. So, yeah, I would say, yeah, just you know, go back to tanking. Also, you got, the, of course, you got the Aussie Open and stuff. We'll see if Kogoff can, you know, get into uh, – you know, keep advancing as she's usually doing. We'll see if Djokovic can uh, keep up his, uh, you know, trying to get back that title as well. So, yeah, so check out that out you know, through various avenues on ESPN. But, yeah, so, you know, look, you know, enjoy the games and such. You know, first sit on the key of the second sports on Sports on Chicago, and we'll see you Friday. Love, peace, and hair grease. Holla!